There's no secret formula for better service throughout the customer journey. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Howdy, folks. It is Monday, August 1st. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litters, and this is the Hustle Daily Show. Today, Rob's going to be telling us all about jewels, not jewels as in the fancy rocks. I'm talking about J-U-U-L, jewels. Jewel, the e-cig company that's seen its valuation absolutely vaporize into thin air. What happened? How did we get here? That's coming up in a bit. But before we get to that, I'm going to do a quick rundown of what's happening in business and tech. Let's get crackalacking. Okay, first things first, we have a winner. In case you didn't hear, an Illinois resident has won the $1.3 billion or so Mega Millions jackpot. They can choose to receive an annual payout for the next 29 years to add up to that, or a one-time payment of around $780 million. But taxes, folks, taxes. With taxes, that's what, a little over $500 million or so? And that's peanuts, let's be honest, peanuts. Up next, we got an apology donut. Canadian chain Tim Hortons is apparently very sorry its app has been tracking users' location data. To make up for it, affected users will get a free hot drink and a baked good valued at about $6.71. So go take advantage of that. Moving along, Netflix just sued the creators of an unofficial Bridgerton musical aptly named The Unofficial Bridgerton Musical. Understandably, Netflix wasn't happy that a few musicians were using the show's IP to write a Grammy-winning theater album and sell out corresponding shows with $150 tickets. But I guess these people did a good job at that, so good that Netflix had to step in. And what else do we have? We have a celeb jet update. So last week, Juliet wrote all about celebrities taking tons of short trips on their private jets and how people are a little annoyed about the environmental impact this is having. The worst culprit of all was reportedly Taylor Swift. But now Taylor Swift's team has reportedly come out saying that her private jet is often loaned out, meaning she's not actually responsible for the 8.2 thousand metric tons of carbon it's emitted in the last seven months. I think she has a song called Don't Blame Me or something like that, and I guess that applies here. Okay, before we get to the main story, I also just want to discuss Marvel Studios for a sec. There's a potential for an interesting story developing here. I just want to share some interesting thoughts and stats around it. Okay, so last week at Comic-Con in San Diego, the company showcased a humongous slate of new Marvel TV shows and movies. Now, since Disney acquired Marvel in 2009, the studio has produced 25 superhero films that have grossed a total of $25 billion or so. But, and there's always a but, here's what I think is interesting. The company now appears to be going through what seems like somewhat of a sentiment slump, I'm going to call it, where I've just personally seen a lot of discussion online lately that's focused around whether or not the thirst for Marvel is as strong as it once was and whether the business is seeing some cracks. And now, interestingly enough, the data might be starting to show some little cracks too. So for instance, the Wall Street Journal found the most recent Marvel movie in theaters, Thor, Love and Thunder, to great on opening weekend, but box office 
numbers dropped 68% in its second week, which was tied for the steepest drop for any Marvel movie ever. And consider this, for the half dozen Marvel movies since the beginning of 2021, the average box office was roughly half that of the half dozen movies that came out prior. Sure, you got the pandemic, but still, just makes you wonder. And on top of that, there's also some research that's come out from Morning Consult shown how Americans are experiencing some superhero fatigue here and there. So I think it's a really interesting potential trend that if it continues to really develop, could have some big downstream effects, right? The movies drive merchandise sales for Disney, Disney Parks development. So interesting things to think about at the dinner table tonight. Have Marvel movies gotten worse? Do they generate the same buzz they did a few years ago? Would love to hear your thoughts. But now I think it is time to discuss Jewel. So let's go do that. All right, Rob, what is the deal with Jewel? I don't know where you were in 2018, JC. I was working in sales and on our sales floor, you were in the minority if you did not have a Jewel at your desk. Seriously? It was wild. Everybody was ripping Jewels in our bullpen. It was just like (laughs) the thing to do. Everybody had different flavors. It was really like this wild fad that I hadn't seen anything like it in a while. So basically in 2018, Jewel's valuation was $38 billion. It was one of these insane Silicon Valley unicorn success stories. The idea, and I think the kind of narrative around Jewel was that it was a safer way to ingest tobacco, right? Than smoking. Right. So Altria, the biggest name in tobacco, right? They own Marlboro. They own Philip Morris, I guess, who owns Marlboro. They own a bunch of other cigarette companies. They ended up purchasing this 35% stake in Juul for $12.8 billion hmm. and really looked at it as one of their big alternative bets that is going to bring it into like the smokeless future. It's like the, the Tesla of tobacco. That is exactly right. That's an apt description. So they make this massive bet and then all this stuff starts happening in 2018. So multiple outlets start reporting that there's a jewel epidemic taking place in American schools. And it wasn't just high schools. It was middle schools as well. And so the FDA ends up taking their biggest cooperative action in the history of the agency. I think they sent out 1,300 warnings and fines to different retailers that they found were selling to underage users. (laughs) Wow. They also conducted this massive investigation into Jewel's marketing and found that they were marketing to minors in really sketchy ways. Yeah. I mean, you can look at like the different flavors. You can look at the color combos. Yes, the flavors. I mean, the flavors look very attractive, very tasty. I have a buddy who was obsessed with the uh, creme brulee flavor. I think it was just called creme, but he swore creme, yeah, by it. Creme brulee. Obviously, kids are going to want to partake in creme brulee. Exactly. Ultimately, like all of this really came to a head this past June. So the FDA essentially banned Juul from selling products in the United States and ordered the company to take all of its existing products off the shelf and essentially just remove them. Mm, very good for business. Yeah, and it wasn't just this marketing thing. They, they found all this data. So they found that 2 million middle and high schoolers were using e-cigarettes. They did this massive report with the CDC and found that it was just this growing epidemic. Like there were just millions of kids doing this. Yeah. They also found that some kids were having seizures as a result. They were finding kids had other lung problems from using Juul. So there were all these health issues. So really questioning the healthier tobacco alternative, right? Yeah. But ultimately, it's it's kind of crazy. So if you fast forward from 2018 to today, the valuation of Juul has dropped from $38 billion to $1.3 billion. Whoa. <laughs> and Altria's stake in Juul has dropped 
from 12.8 billion to 450 million. <laughs> Yikes. A 97% write down, which is just crazy. Right. Anyway, there is a silver lining for Altria. So as part of their agreement with Juul, they had to sign a non-compete clause that prohibited them from launching their own e-cigarette brand. Okay. And this lowered valuation essentially allows them to scrap the non-compete and exit it. I guess the valuation is low enough that the terms of the agreement don't stand anymore. And so now they're allowed to bring their own e-cigarette brand to market. Sure which I'm sure they're going to do. And I'm sure they're probably going to employ some of the same tactics as Jewel, probably be a little bit more careful with the marketing and all that stuff. But yeah, but smoking in general actually has had, interestingly enough, a little bit of a comeback. Has it really? The number of smokers rose for the first time, I believe, last year in maybe like 20 years, something along those lines. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why that is probably something that had to do with pandemic, people being home, bored, getting back into bad habits. Yeah, I'd love to see the correlation between how many people are binging Mad Men and picking up smoking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm really not an expert in this field, but here's a really interesting stat. Okay. I'm looking at a chart of the TV shows with the highest number of tobacco incidents. So yeah, the number one show by far is Stranger Things with uh, 182 incidents. Wow. By far, it's twice the number of the second highest show is The Walking Dead. Orange is the New Black. So Stranger Things is, I mean, that's the most popular show in young American culture for sure at the moment, but I don't know. Interesting. I don't think we've seen the end of e-cigs and I think we're probably going to see the next evolution pretty soon with whatever it is that Altria spins up. We've seen Stranger Things. (laughs) All right, and that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. I'm Jacob Cohen. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, you can go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co, and I'll see you tomorrow.